What is happening? Good morning. It's Friday or Friday. I almost said Friday. I was going to say it's football time for Thursday night football. You know, this is probably one of the least excited games I can think of. So, you know, that means it's going to end up being a great game. I don't know. You know, I have Matt Ryan. I have several players who are in the game. Ramonde Stevenson, I was going to play him. But now that Damian Harris is back, there's no way I'm playing him, especially when you have Alvin Kamara most likely coming back. But I still would have. I would have actually left maybe Kamara. Or possibly, no, I'm not leaving Barkley on the bench. But with Harris coming back, no way I can make that move. But anyways, what I don't know what to expect with Matt Ryan. You know, I bench him because I think he's not going to do anything against the Saints. And he has one of his best games of the season. He then all of a sudden comes out and plays a Cowboys defense that's not bad. But just looked, I mean, utterworldly bad. Where he didn't even go for five fantasy points. That's something I never thought I would see. So I don't know what to expect with tonight's game. I'm thinking because it's on Atlanta, and I know Belichick is a great coach. And Atlanta's weapons are not what they used to be with no Julio Jones, with no Calvin Ridley now at this point. So, I, yeah, it's a crapshoot. You know? So if you got a guy in it, this could be a great week to play the Patriots defense. I can't even guess. You know, I can't even guess. So that said, Thursday night football – I usually use my microphone that I bought. I don't know if it sounds different or not. It might not really matter. It's not like it's going to 50,000 people. But with the kind of day I had trying to make our video, I'm like, you know what? Screw technology. I'll just go straight up on my earbud. Now now I know no wire, no cat. Nothing's going to interrupt it. I'm not going to get screwed up with doing this because that's just the way it's gone. Now, the video I could have finished last night. That said, I just I got down to where all everything's done for our weekly recap of all the, all the games. Of course, I did not do my game because, like I said, I don't know. I tag Steve, but he never says anything about it. So if Steve doesn't watch, I, and I can give a rat's two cents about my team getting its butt kicked. So I did not make uh, my highlight, but everyone else's was made. Uh, a few new graphics in there. Uh, then I was trying to think. I wanted to do something else with it. I, I couldn't really think of too many come on mans. I mean, there was some pretty pathetic players. Like I said, Matt Ryan, I might as well, I could probably pick three or four just from my team alone. So we'll see. We'll see if I had that. Either way, if I had to add that, then I didn't have time. I'm like, I don't have time for the podcast. I got to get to bed. I do have the next few days off. I don't work Friday. So that's why I figured, you know what? I'll finish it Thursday night. This will allow me to put in other things. Right now I'm working on... The Solomon Award, obviously we're not giving it out already, but I did get a text from someone who mentioned it, the Solomon Award, and I said, hey, that's right. It's getting towards the end of the season. And this year we are voting the last week. Last year we had several people who were influenced and voted for Brian, and we didn't even announce the winner because it ended up being a tie. And I'm like, you know what? If it ever ends in a tie, we almost had that one other time. I'm like, we're not having co-champs. If it's a tie, I'm just gonna, I just dropped it. There is no Solomon winner if it turns out to be a tie. But that said, yeah, some of the, some of the we we had people voting for Brian, whose team was six and seven. You know, I think he was like fifth or four, or fourth in scoring. You know, he he had a great scoring record, had a pretty good season, but it's they voted because he had won. They voted after the championship, and because Brian won the championship, they voted for that. And it was like, no, that's not what it is. It's a regular season award. The championship award is winning the championship. So that's why we've always voted the last week of the season. 
I'm going to pressure people. I'm going to do it again and say, hey, vote the last week. If you don't put anything in, and remember, you cannot vote for yourself. Whether you're not, you can vote for whoever you want, but I usually give a list of nominees. So it makes it a little easier, basically for what, that doesn't mean it has to be for my criteria, what I'm looking for in the thing. And I'll usually give bullet points as why they should win it. If, if, you know, in each one, you can, then it's up to everyone else to make their judgment call. I still vote as well, but it's you, each one will make their own judgment. Hey, these are good points he made. Uh, I'll go with this. Or, you know what? He made great points, but I already had my mind up after the draft. I mean, you could, you could, I remember I've had that. I've had seasons. I remember one year, Brian had a really good year. I remember after the draft, I was like, man, his draft was so good. And each week it did not change. And I, at the end of the season, I voted for Brian. He won it that year. I think that was the first year he won it. But yeah, sometimes you could see a guy wire to wire and you totally are all on board for it. Some guys you just see out of nowhere. Right now, if I had to vote, I could tell my vote, right? Everyone's different, but it's the season's not over. We we know there's still four we, uh, four games left, right? Ten. Yeah, ten. Yes, four games left. So it's almost like, you know, we are last quarter of the season and anything can happen. I don't really know who to, I mean, there's so much, and that's what I'm saying. If I had to vote, remember, it's a first, second, and third, okay? You put, just like with the Heisman, you give me your first, you give me your second. You can even give me, if I give you five team names, I usually don't like to do more than five. You know, you don't want half the league up there. I do at this point have five, and I'm making it right now. I was making it on the video for, and that, that's when I stopped and said, you know what? I got the first guy through, so I got four guys left. It's 11:25. I don't want, I was up late last night. I don't want to be up late again. So I was like, I better just, let's just hit the podcast up and then I will do the salt, the rest of that. And then I even have time tomorrow because I don't, I I'm up. I mean, I have Friday off so I can stay up later. Then I can finish up doing the video, put maybe come on, man. I could put in bench point, whatever, you know, some of the old stuff I haven't used in a while. And when I do this, it doesn't mean that you guys go, ooh, wow, exciting bench points. It's just I try to make the video, although I've had Brian in the past say he just goes to his team and then skips the rest. So I'm like, well, I did all that for basically nothing unless you – I don't know who does watch the entire videos um, when I make them. I try to put something on every team so you can – not that we can't do that anyways, but just so you see. And it's like try to get the sports center aspect and then – Put in something that would make you want to watch it, right? Like afterwards, like, what has he got now? Oh, it's come on, man. Oh, bench points. Look at that. That guy screwed up. Or look at all the bench points I left on my team. Or remember, carry the load. You know, don't let me down. I've had so many different ones. Bad blood. So I try to come up with stuff all the time. This time, I don't know if it'll be nothing. It might just be the Solomon Award nominees, who I think right now. And the they'll the if the I'm not on the list and the reason I'm not on the list is not because I'm trying to exclude myself if I thought I was there I, to me the Solomon award I've always said I'm going to say it every year because I always want to give a refresher to what was the point of the award it was not the best team in the regular season you can you can vote for that right one year Elijah was and he got a little big chunk of the votes but uh ended up just barely losing out to Matt who got a couple awards or got like one award as well but the point was that it was created because of someone who had a draft that didn't look good. Some of his moves did not make sense. John Solomon. It did not. It, it was just like, what? 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 You're doing this? And everything just seemed to work. And at one point, he had like a seven-game win streak, the longest of that season. He made the playoffs. He had a few injuries and was eliminated in the first round, which sucked. Because you really think it was between him and Matt that year winning it. So – 
there are times where you just go, man, that's what made me think. It was like, dude, he did all this. He had such a great season. And I know you can go, well, you know what? It's for nothing anyways. But I said, you know what? I want to come up with an award to where if we have someone who really makes things that just don't seem like they should work or things that do work, right? Moves that you might look at and go, oh, that's a really good move. And it continuously does it. And you see it pay off. It's a regular season award. It does not mean you were the best team. It means you made a lot of good moves. I don't think that the having like if you look at my roster it does look like a dream team for real i mean other than the tight end it's got pretty much every position it could be a, a, that at that position a top five you know barkley camara henry christian mccaffrey i mean <laughs> those are all all four of those guys are usually gone in the first six or seven picks in a draft and then not even counting dk metcalf and adams and prescott so but if you look at that team, it wasn't built this year. Like, remember, Solomon's a yearly award. Now, it can come from the draft, but Christian McCaffrey, I got through a trade. Trades are part of it. Um, but some of the team I just inherited from last year. You know, I already had McCaffrey. That would have been from last year. Or not McCaffrey, I'm sorry. Um, Metcalf. Like, like if I had won last year, then maybe, you know, I could have been – I got the award. Something like that. Uh, when you carry it over to me, it's not as impressive. You know, it was good that you got it last year, but then that's for last year. Getting Metcalf last year, getting uh, – who's the other receiver? I had Keenan Allen. I traded him, but I had Allen. Barkley, he came from last year. Derrick Henry. So all those were part of last year's team, last year's run. As far as this year, if you look at my team, yes, I made a trade to get Kamara. I made a trade to get McCaffrey because of injuries. Normally I wouldn't have. Those are still big moves. But it just makes it, you know, it, it's overboard with my team when you look at the, the guys like, oh, wow, that's so good. But first of all, you can only play three of them out of the out of the four. Derrick Henry was, let's say he does make it back in the time for playoffs. I got to bench one of them, so it doesn't really matter. Secondly, my, my draft, if you look at my draft, it was terrible. I mean, Devontae Adams was the only thing good. Uh, Trey Lance, I drafted in the first round. I thought he would be playing. I ended up trading him. Um, so it works out because it helped me get McCaffrey, but I traded him. Uh, uh, Trey Sermon was my fourth round pick because I didn't have a second or third. Terrible. He's done nothing. He's been in the doghouse. I mean, he looked great in preseason, and he's done nothing in the NFL. So there was, you know, I didn't get any good tight end. So there's a lot of, when it comes to this year, I inherited, I already carried a good team that's like, so that's, I'm probably talking way too long about this, but that's my point is I don't look at my team and go, man, I really built this great team this year. And I know you can carry over. Eric has uh, Justin Jefferson from last year and Aaron Rodgers, but then he drafted really well and he had acquired picks from the previous season, but this is when you get credit for it, the year you, the year you use the draft. And Eric had a really good draft and has a really solid team, you know, Nick had an incredible draft. Nick probably had one of the best drafts, I think, out of everyone. Dino Dan had a great draft. He had some players kept over as well, but none of them were like elite all-stars, right? He had Gibson, and look at Gibson hasn't done much. So the fact that Dino still has a uh, exceptional team with some of the players he kept Goff, and now Goff's gone. So it's like some of the players he kept didn't even really contribute to this this uh, strong roster as he competes for to winning that division. Uh, Austin. You know, he was, that, that's a perfect example. You know, he made the trade. Now it was last year, right, to get Jonathan Taylor, and Taylor did shine. So you don't want to put all the all of it and say, oh, look, at he's got Taylor. Well, you know, it came from last year. But the move was a great move and with the draft picks, and he's built, and you've seen the team. So 
teams like that, you know, I think I named four of them. Maybe I left one off, but it was those kind of things. And, and, and on the presentation, I'll put each, you know, bullet points of why. And then at the end, you know, and it, it's the last week, literally after the last week, you can send your votes in before the last week. If you want, I don't care. I don't want it before then. You know, if it's the last week, week 14, you can send it in. The minute week 14 is done on that Monday night, I'm going to give it to like a Thursday deadline because the Thursday night football will be on and the playoffs are starting. So you're only going to get like two, two days to really get it in. I'll text everyone. If you don't understand, I know Steve, he's not even listening, but in the past, Steve is like, has told me, I don't even, I'm not even following. I don't know what's going on. I get it. You know, I get it. We're all busy. I'm incredibly busy and, and, uh, with work, with, with sports, with the kids, with my grandson, who I'm seeing every week, um, doing the videos, doing these podcasts at night, I'm sacrificing sleep time. So I understand that we're all busy. And if you don't care because you're not the, you know, you're not the commissioner, you just do it for fun. I get that. You don't even care about the dang trophies. You just want to win the championship. That's it. I get all that. And I, like Elijah, he doesn't give anything but the main title. That's it. He doesn't care about anything else. He doesn't really, you know, he'll, he'll, he understands. He'll look at the record and he'll say, oh yeah. He said, that guy, he's told me when, when I say, hey, who do you think, Elijah? He has said, uh, this guy's team looked really good. He said, he's done really good. He said, I want to vote for that guy. And so I, he's told me. So he, but when Steve says something like that, it's not, it's like, okay, well, I can't tell you to vote. Don't just, if you want, exclude yourself. And I'm going to give that option in the past. I would say, well, just give me, I'm going to say, exclude yourself. I'd rather you not have it than just throw out three random votes than to go, um, the top three division winners, because that's not what the, uh, the trophy is for. That's not what the idea behind it was. And a, a, a few seasons, it has kind of got to that point to where it was like, everything was just that. Now, if they did that, you know, I never was opposed to it, but if the guy did that, then that's great. You know, if it goes on to be Austin and he wins the bet, it's not like you go, oh, well, sorry, Austin, you won the regular season award. Sorry, you're not qualified. No, I would say, yes, I agree. You can give it to Austin. You can give it to any of the guys I just named, even if any of them win the division or the conference or whatever you want to say. It's not that. My point was, it's it's all of these guys I named all did trades, all had good drafts, all acquired picks to to build this team, and they're all in position to win it. Just, but don't just look at it. If you're not following, you know, uh, if you're not listening to the podcast, then you, this will be irrelevant. But if you're not really staying in touch, watching videos, seeing what's going on with the league, other than just your team, and then half the time you're like, hey, man, I'm too busy to look. Then if that's the case, I'll say, hey, if you don't know, just don't vote. Because I, I want it to be an award that goes to people who are paying attention and know what's going on. So that's it on that. Let's get to it. It's already 15 minutes in. Let's get to the games. And you know where I'm going. The first game I'm going with this week. I am so, so pumped for this. We have to start for the quest for 13. As Austin goes for 13 wins. And he's taking on Dino Dan. The trash talk. I mean, I wish this was. Let me see. Let me look on the schedule. Do they both have a game where maybe Sunday night football? Oh, I work Sunday night. Ugh. I was going to say invite you guys over, Dino and Austin. But, yeah, I work Sunday night. Um, I'm missing my. Noah's bowling party for the last game of the season for baseball. So that sucks. But yeah, overtime, you need the money. But then I'm off for like 13 days after. So I'll live with that. Um, but let's see, is there a Monday night game? Do you have each have a Buccaneer or a Giant? Um, I know Austin's got the Bucks defense and he he had 
maybe a Giants receiver. I don't see anything on Dino Dan that has either of those positions. So they might not be able to do that. I was going to say, that would be cool Monday night. You still could. I mean, if it gets down to that, if you guys want to come by, Austin and Dino, you guys are welcome. Come over here, watch Monday Night Football, hang out. Maybe the Bucks need to get, you know, 27 points or whatever the case may be, and, and it'll come down to how many sacks and turnovers. What Daniel Jones decides to show up, you know, the one that beat the Saints on the road, he usually does play better with Barkley, uh, uh, and Barkley appears to be coming back. Or will it be Daniel Jones that, you know, gets a 90-yard run and fumbles at the goal line? So let's hit it up with the quarterbacks. You, Russell Wilson, easily you go Russell Wilson over Tyrod Taylor. Now, Taylor looked god-awful in that Dolphin game. I don't understand that. I mean, he threw for 240 yards. The three picks was terrible. But if you look at his first game, 25 points against Jacksonville. At Cleveland, he got injured, didn't even play half the game, and he had 17. So he, he looked like he was a pretty respectable quarterback. He's going to be at Tennessee. We've seen uh, Zach Wilson have one of his best games of the season against that Tennessee defense. So it's not out of the realm to think that Tyrod Taylor can go out there and have a pretty decent game, right? Play solid enough. I think he can. If Taylor can get Dino, you know, 15 to 20, I know he probably wants more, but 15 to 20, that's great. Because there's no guarantee Russell Wilson at home against Arizona, who did just get lit. Now they got lit, but it wasn't, there was no, like, both P.J. Walker and Cam Newton did not destroy Arizona. It was Arizona doing nothing with the ball. And then McCaffrey and Hubbard, the, the run game really hurt. So we'll see if Wilson can get anything. I mean, I can't believe last week he had less than 10 points. It was terrible last week for some of these vet quarterbacks. Even Brady. I thought he would destroy Washington, and he did not. So at home against Arizona, he's projected to get 24. I'm good at – so the matchup is in favor of Dino. But the quarterback is definitely Russell Wilson. You, I'm going to take Russell Wilson, but I really don't think now. Yeah, you know what? I, we all know that anything I say is just a fan like you guys. Um, it's Usually I just go off a of gut feeling and off of stats. You know, if, if Wilson was playing a better defense, I wouldn't just go, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, he's going to. But I have a gut feeling he's going to be okay. I think he'll bounce back. I don't think he's going to go out and just totally dominate Arizona because they still have a good defense. But, yeah, I think Wilson will outscore Taylor, but not by much. I don't think it's going to be the, the decider. I don't think Russell Wilson's going to go for 40 while Taylor goes for 12. I don't think it's going to be something like that. If, if that happens, good luck, Dinah, with the rest of, uh, of trying to win this. That's such a huge uh, over, amount of points to overcome. So I, I, it's going to go Wilson, but just a slight edge. Running backs here, this week one, I would have said favor to Dino. I would have said, hey, Gibson's going to have his breakout year. Dalvin Cook, obviously, I think Dalvin Cook, you would say, is the best one of this group. But with the injuries and the fact that some of his games, he hasn't had a big 35 or 40-point game like he has in the past. When he plays, he's good for 20. Every game he's played, he's had 20 except for the one at Dallas. So, yeah, I think he's going to go against Green Bay. I think he's going to go because he can get in the receiving game as well. I think he'll go for 20, 20 20-plus. It's all about can Gibson do anything, and they're taking on at Carolina, Ron Rivera's old team. Maybe he'll get more involved. I just, you know, he did come off a big game last week, 22 points. Only his second game all year where he had 22 points. And what what I love about it was against a good run defense, he still had 64 yards and two rushing touchdowns. So that's that's a good sign. You know, last year I talked about he had two monster games, 
and it inflated his stats both against the Cowboys that were a bad team last year. Now he's got two good games against the Saints and Tampa. So he's at Carolina. I don't know. I can't I don't get a feel for Gibson when I look at him. I like him. I, I just don't know what to expect. Because there are games, regardless of matchup, where McKissick gets it, let's say Carolina gets a lead. The good news is Carolina, maybe if Cam Newton plays, right, they might be more competitive. Um, but I got to go Tyrod Taylor and Najee Harris. You know, I after after week three, he has just been the best running back in football. 26, 37, 34, 22, 22, or 22, 40, and 30. He had 71 points the last two games. And this is against any defense. Doesn't matter. This is not matchup dependent like last year. And and I don't get it. Like I said, in my dynasty league, I traded him because literally Frank Reich was benching him for like, you know, third string running backs. He would come in and get like two carries. I remember watching a Thursday night football game at Chili's and I'm all pumped, right? Oh, this is it. Because the uh, one of the other running backs was hurt and it was just Taylor and the other guy. And Taylor, maybe it was Wilkins, 33, whatever. Taylor, dude, he had like four touches in the first half. I was like, what in God's name did he do to get Frank Reich so mad? Why is Reich not using him? Because when he was touching it, he was doing fine. They just weren't getting him involved, and that's one of the most frustrating things. And then in that dynasty league, I'm like, dude, I'm I'm in the playoffs. You know, I was one of the top three teams. I had nine wins. I'm like, I need a running back that will be consistent and get me at least 15 to 20 points so I can make a run. I did make it to the second round and lost, but I traded it for Josh Jacobs. Oh, man. And after I trade for Jacobs, who was still good, he gave me a couple 20-point games. Taylor goes off, and I'm like, okay, it was Matt, you know, it hurts, but it's, you know, I was patient all year. I waited till like week eight, week nine, maybe even week 10 before I did the trade. And, yeah, he ended up taking off, and, man, look at him now. He's been outstanding. Traded him in this league, too, obviously, which was a great move for Austin. So Taylor and Najee Harris love Najee Harris. Fourth number all, fourth overall running back, and that's with a bye week. He'd probably be number one. I know Taylor is. He'd probably be number one. But other than week one, every week, 19, 35, 21, 29, 26, 23, 17, 24, even he had a 30-point game, which we haven't seen from Cook. So safety, I know Cook could have the best game out of all of them. And if Gibson can give Dino another 15 to 20-point game, that will go a long way. Because this is where Austin's really beating people, and that's with the, his run game. So, yeah, got to go with – I feel safer with Austin's. Although Taylor might – this might be the one week where he gets – if he does get to single digits. Maybe this will be the week he gets to 10 or 13. That might be – he's at Buffalo, okay? And I'm scared. I'm not, I got uh, Carson Wentz on my team, and I'm not playing him. I mean, I, I, I'll play – what's his name? Uh, the the Saints quarterback right now. I'll play him over Carson Wentz, who's better. But at Buffalo, that's a good defense. You know, I don't think too many quarterbacks have had success at Buffalo this year. So, yeah, he's that'll be this will be a real tough matchup for him. This might be the one of the hardest matchups of the season for him. If he can get held to under 100 yards, that that's a huge. So this this is what I was talking about when we go. If you look at it, Austin's favored right now, but only by 12. And uh, to to say Taylor, he's projected at 18. If I'm Dino, I'm okay with that. I'll take 18. You just heard me rattle off some of the numbers. So I think this could be a week, right? We uh, one, one thing I haven't even talked about, Aaron Jones being out for the next two weeks, hopefully for Austin, two weeks. Could be three, right? He's got that stretch now where he's trying to make number one 
13 wins, right? That's a record. The only thing you can beat it would be an undefeated season. You can only match it. That's what I love. You want to get that. Two, he's trying to win the regular season, something he's never done. He's got two championships, and no, he, you know, he's never won the regular season title. Three, he's trying to get at least, at worst, a bye week because you want to eliminate any potential chance for a bad week, right? It, cut the numbers. We all want that. Get that first run out of the way. Get, you know, get that bye week. So, and he's got Aaron Jones out now, and he's got tough matchups. Najee Harris at the Chargers. Now, the Chargers' pass defense has been pretty good. Their run defense is bad. Remember, we saw Pollard and Zeke, especially Pollard, just light them up. There was some other guys who've had – Javonta Williams, I think he had a good game against them. Anyways, the Chargers' run defense is not great. So, I love the matchup for Najee. Gibson and Cook, I like both of them. So that's what it's going to come down to. Can Cook outscore both of Austin's? If he does, and Gibson can give Dino anything from 15 to 20, then that's a, that's a bonus. That's a win for him. But I still, I still feel safer with Austin's running backs. Now, that's a long time to talk about those because those are four of the best running backs. We'll take Gibson out. We're waiting. We're ex- four of the best. We're expecting him to be that. But of those running backs, four of the, three of the, uh, uh, of the best running backs we have in football. Receivers. Hollywood Brown, I know he missed practice. Is he back yet? Nope, he's still, I don't know if it's an illness, whatever. I expect him to be there, right? And he finally had a bad game last week, but Dino was okay. He already scored 180. He was okay. But I I think he'll get back at Chicago to be in the big play deep threat for him. Hollywood Brown, Tyler Lockett against Keenan Allen and Pittman. Allen has just been Mr. Consistent after being, you know, 10 points, 13, 10. After the bye week, 19, 28, and 19. That's what Austin was starving for. He made a great trade, right, to get to get Keenan Allen, and this is what he needed, a, a weapon in the receiving game that was not so much a touchdown dependent, you know, or have to, you know, Keenan Allen doesn't need a touchdown. He didn't even get a touchdown the last two games, and he's got 19 and 28 in those. He is a possession receiver who can get yards. Pittman is similar but is a better red zone threat. Pittman's almost like a Keenan Allen Mike Williams combined. He can get the red zone touchdowns. Allen can too. I'm not saying that, but this year Pittman has been really good. So now he's got RB or wide receiver 14 in Keenan Allen and wide receiver eight in Pittman. So great move. You look at Lockett and Hollywood Brown. Lockett is, man, remember the first few weeks when Austin had him? 32, 37. You're like, all right, do back to back 30 games. He looks good. Then he goes 7, 6, 12, 5, 3 then 32, and then four. So it's like, I can't figure him out. This has always been his problem. And it's a nightmare because, like Dino says, you leave him on your bench and he goes for 32. Then you play him in a a matchup against Green Bay where you know they're going to have to score and throw. It turns out they didn't have to score. Heck, 3 nothing at halftime. But either ways, on paper, you think he has to. And he plays 95% of the game and gets four points. That's so frustrating. Honestly, I had those guys in the past. Right. And those would be my, you know, you, you, you plan out a strategy. All right. I'm going running back heavy first round, second round. I've done that first three rounds, all running backs, you know, David Johnson, Todd Gurley, Jay Ajahi. I did that. And Ajahi was good until he, that was here. He got traded to Philly, he kind of fell off the map later. But the whole point was that you do that strategy. You go, okay, what are the receivers are going to look for? You're going to look for, if you can, in the fourth round, someone like a, a Keaton Allen, Sometimes he's there. Sometimes he's not. You're going to look for someone like a Tyler Lockett because now you, you go, I got the security of a good 15, 
points a game running back, three of them, and maybe even one or two of them might go off for 20, right? And you go, okay, now I need to get me some receivers who are either A, consistent, a pit, you know, Pittman not, wasn't around a few years back, but I'm saying you look for those receivers uh, that can go out there and have big games, boomer bust, a Deshaun Jackson type, or you look for the ones that might go out there and get you like a Jacoby Myers says now, 14, 15, right? You have different strategies. But Lockett is not someone you want to go grab. You, it's frustrating. It's like I'm, he's the kind of guy that I wouldn't want to go grab as my top receiver. Now, he's not for Dino, so I'm not saying that. You know, Dino's got other options. He's got Hollywood Brown. He's got Amari Cooper. He's got – well, this week he's got Cooper Cup on the bye. So there might be times he wouldn't even play Lockett. But this is a good time, right? He, this is what I would like Lockett for on a bye week or if I was stacked at everywhere else, kind of like how Austin had some really good pieces and you're like, all right, Tyler Lockett, that's a great flex. He might go out and get you four, which sucks, or he can get you 34, which really helps when he's in your flex spot. So looking at the receivers, I am still, since I don't trust Lockett, I'm leaning towards Austin's. Pittman though, we just said Taylor and Pittman, they're going to have tough matchups against Buffalo. Keenan Allen, you know, is he going against Fitzpatrick or, uh, yeah, make a Fitzpatrick. Is he going to go against him? If he does, I mean, this could be a great week. That's why when I was looking at this game before saying, hey, it's not 100% Austin's win. He's slightly favored. And the matchups, right? Hollywood Brown against Chicago, their pass defense is terrible. Lockett against Arizona, their pass defense has been terrible. So as much as I go, you know what? Actually, you know what? I like Hollywood Brown more than Pittman this week. And I like Keenan Allen safer, even though it's a tough matchup, safer than Lockett. But Lockett can be the highest scorer of the bunch. Man, I still expect Hollywood. I'm going to say, actually, I'm going to say push. I'm going to say this is either even or a slight edge because I like Brown and Lockett's big play for 20 to 30 plus potential. While Pittman and Allen, we've seen Allen, like I said, he's been hot since the bye week, but he ha- he might come. This could be a Mike Williams week. This could be an Austin Eckler week. And Allen can go for 10, but he'll get you at least double digits. He might go for 10. Pittman might go for 12. And Lockett can outscore both of them combined by 10. So I'm going to actually say push with a, you know, almost like a push plus, a little plus to Dino's side. I would feel safer having the receivers. If I came down to, let's say everyone played, and right now it's it's a two-point game. Austin's up by two. And Austin's got Pittman and Allen, and Dino's got Brown and Lockett. I would feel safer with Lockett and Brown. It act based on matchup throughout the season. I want the side with Keenan Allen. Um, I like Hollywood Brown as well a lot, but so slight there tight end. I don't know. Is Knox back? You know, he's, he's going against the Colts. Is How efficient he had 84% last week and only had one catch on one target. So I don't know. Hot Knox went from 20, you know, being the hot, hot player, of the, the month looking like he was going to be the Travis Kelsey in Buffalo of, you know, near Canada. And it just, I don't know what to expect now. Schultz, he had a a bad week last week. He really came back down after having, let's see, he had the bye week, then he had single digits, double digits, single digits. Maybe he's due for double digits against Kansas City. The Chiefs are not great at covering tight ends. They did pretty well against Waller. Excuse me. So I'm going to say push. I, the safer play I feel like would be Schultz. I feel like Schultz will for sure get me 10 to 11 points. He's projected to get 11. Knox can get me three. He can, you know, he might be like Lockett. He can get me three or he can get me 23. 
if you told me I can have one tight end this week, I would take Schultz, both having good matchups. So slight edge to Austin. In the flex, I know Kirk, Christian Kirk has had a few good games. I'm still going to Mari Cooper. I don't care that it's, you know, if, if Kyler Murray comes back, we know, I mean, look at he's had four of his last five games have been in five of his last six games have been in double digits, but only one of them was over 16 and that was 18. So yeah, Christian Kirk's, he's not a bad flex spot. He's a good flex spot. I still like when you can put Amari Cooper or you could put Lockett, whatever one you want in your flex. Not that Cooper had a great game last few weeks, right? He's had good matchups, but that's the problem with Dallas. When you have Pollard, Zeke, Last week, too, kind of sucked. The game, I mean, it really sucked for me having Dak have to stop because Atlanta couldn't score. But, yeah, if Cooper Cooper's going to bounce back, he's had big games against Kansas City as a Raider. So I, th- this is what I love about Cooper. He is not so much a hot locket where he's 34 or 3, right? He What he'll do is he'll go for 44 or 6, and then the following week go for 17. Something you don't see too often from the Deshaun Jacksons of the world, right? He can go for, I mean, look at 44 points, then back-to-back weeks of five. Then he gets you 15, 15, 10. See, so even on a week where you go, man, he didn't get 40. Yeah, but he still got you 15. He didn't hurt your team. He still, if you rely on Amari Cooper in the past, before CeeDee Lamb was there, you could. I remember I had him for a few years. You could. He was, especially on Thanksgiving games, man, the guy came for any time the spotlight was on a primetime game. I could usually trust him unless they were on the road at Philly. Then the whole team stunk. But, yeah, with C.D. Lamb there, now Schultz more involved. It could hurt. But Cooper is due, right? He's had two back-to-back five and back-to-back single-digit games. I think he gets at least 15, if not more. Uh, So I like Cooper more than Kirk. Quarterbacks, Henneke, he had a really good game against the Bucks last week, 19 points. You got Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones against Atlanta. I think he goes against Atlanta for at least 20. I think he has a pretty strong performance. I will take Mac Jones this week over Henneke. Now, that's a big key. If we go to tomorrow, and let's say it's the run game that has a big game, Mac Jones doesn't do much. Remember, he's not a scrambling quarterback. Let's see. Oh, my gosh. What is this? Jeez Louise, dude. I might. Honestly, I just looked. I started at 14, almost 15 minutes. It's 34 minutes, 20 minutes on this matchup because there's so much to talk about. And also when I start walking, when I sit down, I'm honestly, right now I am walking around in my living room. When I walk, I talk more and more and more. That's why I said, I, you know, get me in a debate when you want to talk about Des Bryant, not catching it. I'll debate you all day. But if I walk around, I just, things just keep popping and talking and popping and I can't stop. So if I sit down, that's like that time I start falling asleep. You can tell the difference. So just so you know, if I sound like, man, this guy's not shutting up, it's because I'm walking around. This is how I used to do my safety presentation once a month when we have to do, when I was on the safety committee and I, I used to be scared for years to do public speaking. And I was like, no, nah, dude, no, no, no. I stumble on my words. I don't know what's going on. And, but I wanted to be on the committee because every year they had this, the committee of the year award, you know, out of all, you know, there's like, 30, 30 districts and whoever, you know, each year, this wins, this wins. And a quick story about, you know, me and my competitiveness. So Garden Grove has never won. They, one time they had the best presentation at the safety Congress. Safety Congress is where they meet in Riverside once a year. Uh, Since COVID, I don't think they have, but 
they would meet and they have huge war, all the safety teams, you know, there's geez, at least 500 people there. If not more, they put on shows, they put on classes, they have a guest speaker and it's a kind of an award. They have a big banquet. It's an award for all the safety committee members. Well, they did a presentation once and they won for like one of the classrooms, you know? And so I was like, you know what? I have a lot of ideas, you know, kind of like with everything I go out, I have ideas with how we can improve safety, how we can improve this and that. And little did I know when you get on the committee, uh, a lot of your ideas, they get told, oh no, union won't allow it. Oh no, there's no budget. I'm like, dude, we'll pay. You know, it's like a $15 gift card reward from Target. We'll pay, we got, we got 15 bucks. And they're like, no, you can't. So a lot of ideas got shot down, which really sucked. But we did get a lot of things and you had to do once a month presentation. And the guy who's in charge, he is a great public speaker. You know, he's, he's got kind of got a voice like this. So like, um, yeah, you're shame, you're shame. People would always say something like that. Uh, but great guy. I really lo- love the guy. He, he's almost about to retire, but he doesn't work at our base anymore. Big Steeler fan. Um, but he's like, hey, don't worry, Danny, join the committee. You won't have to do much talking. Just give me your ideas. Hell, you know, there was three of us, me, him, and another guy. And then we would meet with the other departments too once a month. And then you'd have to do a presentation. And I'm like, okay, it's only in front of like, you know, 30 people at the base, no biggie. And I don't have to do much. Well, literally after like the first two weeks, he got moved to the one to nine shift. So he couldn't be there in the mornings. So now I had to do every morning, the safety, little safety tip of the day. Uh, then it was lead stretching, right? Cause you had to have someone lead stretching. I would lead it. The other guy, he was on the committee cause he was forced and he said he would never ever do any speaking. We did get him a couple times to speak. He would sit down on a computer, but we got him to say a few things, but um, the point is I, after that happened, I said, okay, I have to do these presentations once a month now in front of everyone. And it's each time it might be, you know, in the summertime, it was about the importance. We had a guy come in about hydration. So sometimes we'd have guest speakers. Well, if we didn't have the guest speaker, I would have to go up there about whatever the topic was, you know, and we, I made videos just like how we make videos for the fantasy league. Uh, I made videos on safety presentation for so many different things. I'm not going to bore us with this. I'm trying to make it fast, but either way I got on the committee. We, the first year you have to submit everything you've done for that year. Oh, anyways, about public talking. Yeah. See, I'm all over the place. So why I'm walking around in my living room and I'm talking is because when I would have to do my speeches or my presentations, I would practice at home. I would have Samuel, Noah, even though they were like five and three and then six, whatever, you know, for the first, like I only did it two years. And then I'd have Cindy too. And she'd always be like, she always thought I was a moron in a loving way, but I would do it in front of them. And then I would practice it alone. And again, and again, I'd sometimes I'd practice it 15, 20 times to where I was so sick of saying it, you know, it might take me, I had to do presentations that were 25 minutes sometimes. And I got so sick of saying it that it became like second nature. So I would walk around. So when I'm up there, I walk a little to the left, a little to the right. You do the, it was so easy. And it was like, I overcame the fear because when you practice it so much, it's like, it's just like nothing. You don't really stumble on the words because it's tattooed on your brain. And I had to do a couple presentations in front of over a hundred people at the, the, it's a big uh, convention thing in Downey. Uh, every t- two or three months, you'd have to go to that. Every, all the committees would meet. And I had to do one in front of that. And then I, I came up with a skit play where I did that and I had to do a skit in front of. So, yeah, so it's great. It's just a small thing to o- overcome in your fear is to learn how to just do the presentation, you know, practice it. And that made it easier. And now I'm way off topic. And what is it now? <laughs> what are we, 39 minutes in? I apologize. Um, but long, it's already a long story. Let me shorten it real quick. 
the first year there, we did not win. The guy, um, our team lead went to tell the presentation, you have to go to a group of 11 people like seniors and on the gas company and you tell them what you did and why you think your team should be committee of the year. Well, the second year afterwards, he's like, oh, should I have brought slides? Should I have told him? I'm like, you did nothing. His, his preparation was God awful. You know how I do videos. So I said, well, let, the next year he's like, I got to go out of town. Can you do it? I was nervous to go talk in front of all these, you know, head honchos, but I said, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. And I, and I made slides like I do for us. And I made everything we did. And I told them that, you know, the ERC meetings we had, I took stuff from there. So I told all of them and, and I couldn't get a read. They all just like, okay, okay. Asked a few questions. I had no clue. Turns out we won it. We got it in front of the 500 people at Riverside. We were one of the three finalists and they called us up and we got up there and got our award and yeah, the only, you know, I helped it by my presentation. They said, they go, you know, that presentation, uh, the, he, the guy mentioned taking stuff from the, the safety meetings and applying it at his base. And so, yeah, I, we won the thing. I was so pumped. Um, yeah. So it was just, you know, my competitors, like I said, my goal was to get it. And when we won it, I was like, all right, I had a few more months and I'm like, I'm dropping out after that. I'm done with it. And now, of course, now the committees, uh, they meet, they get to meet all the time to get off work and they don't even do presentations because of COVID for the last two years. You don't even have them all, a bunch of lucky bums. So let's get back to the matchup. Dino, yeah. And then we get to the defense. This game, I'm going to talk Panthers against Washington, Bucks against the Giants. I actually like the Giants to put up some points. Now, I know I'm a Barkley homer, so I'm expect. I don't think he's going to run on them, but just like he did with the Saints, I think they can throw on them and I think he will be involved. Uh, but I still think the Panthers' defense um, will put up solid points. Both of them are projected to get 25. And then the defensive players, who knows, man, with White, how good he did last week. If Barkley gets enough carries or they do a lot of underneath stuff, I think White will get a lot done. Leonard, I love. He's going to do – Buffalo, the only thing that scares me with Leonard is, will he get to the sidelines? You know, is it going to be Beasley? If it's Beasley a lot, he'll get a lot of tackles. Buffalo doesn't run that much unless or unless he goes after and gets Josh Allen or gets a few sacks. So breaking it down – I do see the opportunity for Dino to win, right? I kind of, through each thing, we do like Mac Jones more. We like Russell Wilson more. I want to see more Wilson doing better there before I love him. I don't love him over Taylor, which sounds crazy. Uh, his running backs, I think, will do better. It's all about Cook and how tough of the matchup it is for Taylor. But I could see Hollywood and Lockett. If Lockett and Cooper go for their, you know, their bust, their boom games, it's going to be a Dino victory. Honestly, even if Taylor has a good game, I, I don't think if Hollywood and – not even Hollywood. Hollywood will go get you 18 to 20. I'm not worried about that. But if Lockett and Cooper – and that's not asking a lot. This isn't like when I asked last week where we said, oh, you know, Mario's got to get – Mario's got to get a huge game from all his Raider players. And they played pretty well. They actually did pretty well. But uh, it wasn't enough to overcome Austin. But it, that was such a – you know, crapshoot. That was a Jim Carrey. So you're saying there's a chance. It was nothing like that. It was more of a uh, good night, dude. You know, hit three bullseyes in a row on a dartboard from 20 feet away. Well, Dino, I can see it. I can see if you look at his players, look at all the green on his side. That is low ranked defenses. And I could see Cooper and I could see Lockett and I could see Brown all going for 25 or more. Man, if he gets that, if he gets 75 points or more combined, I don't care if Lockett goes for six, but Cooper and Brown and Lockett all combined for 75, that's going to be a huge gap for him to make up for Austin because Gibson and Cook are still going to be good running backs. This is not a team where he goes, oh, man, 
the running backs are crap, you know, but Dino can have the big game from his receivers. I can have a good game from my receivers and my running backs will make up the difference and I'll dominate. So yes, looking at it, I do think Austin's going to win this. Actually, no, I don't even think that. Austin's projected to win. I can't. I can't project a winner on this one. I know it's sometimes you want to say it. Um, it's tough. It's tough. I think it's a bigger win for Austin. I know it sounds crazy with Dino needing that division, but if you look at it, we already broke that down last podcast. Dino does not need to win this to win the division. He still is going to, he just has to win the easier games coming up. He's got a few easy games coming up. He's just got to win those, maybe squeak by one tough one. And then even if he's a game back, because Matt's got to have, Matt's got an easy schedule too, a little easier schedule. But I'm just saying Dino still has a chance if they finish tie to win that division. Um, but yeah, Austin, he's, I think he, Austin needs to win this. Eric's got a, a game coming up, very winnable. Uh, he's got Eric breathing down his back only two games back, and Eric already has the game in hand by beating him. So if, if Austin, Austin's got to look at it and go, man, I know if I lose, I'm still the best record in the, the league at 9-2. and two. But now, you know, there's, there'll be three games left. It all depends. He'll be, Austin's going to be my biggest fan this week because if I lose to Eric, Eric's only going to be a game back with three to go and one against Austin, the last game of the season to where if they tie, it's over. It doesn't matter. Division record doesn't matter. Points, nothing. Cause Eric would have swept Austin 2-0. And if you sweep someone 2-0, I don't care if you've won every division game. I don't care if you're uh, four and two and the other guy's three and three, whatever, whatever, however you want to put it. If he sweeps you, he owns the tiebreaker. And so there goes the point advantage. There goes the, the division record, whatever you want to say. So this is a big game for Austin at nine and one. It can turn fast. You know, I was, I look at me and Austin, we're both six and one a few weeks ago. Now uh, I'm seven and three. So it can change really fast to where you go, hey, you go from the driver's seat and looking good to, I can't lose. You know, I can't lose the next two games or something like that, where it starts to, you start to put a feel on it. You know, you feel good. And then now it's, you start to feel the clamps coming down and going, hey, it's fantasy. Anything can happen. Your team can suck one week and your opponent can just go off for over 200. So looking at this, I've, I have a, if, okay, let's just say right now, 50 bucks. You said, here's 50 bucks. I have to bet it on this game. Looking at everything that I've broken down. If you look at the first three of each guy, I like Austin's better, right? I like Wilson, Taylor, and Harris last week against Steve for my game as a reference, Dak McCaffrey and Stevenson destroyed Steve. They all went for 20, like 29 or higher, destroyed him. But I lost the game still by like six or seven. So the top three looks good. But as we get down to Pittman and Allen, who, who are really good, you know, don't get me wrong, but the matchups aren't the best this week. And sometimes that's what it comes down to. Not who has the better team, who has the best matchups. And I think Brown, Lockett, Knox, and Cooper – have really good matchups and that's where the game can be won defenses and defensive players they can matter that, that dino got 70 points from his defense and defensive player last week so i'm not saying it doesn't matter i'm saying those are too hard to project so a lot of times i ignore them but they can be huge game you know if the bucks go for 45 points any advantage dino had with receivers can go right out the window if the panthers go for 12 you know so i'm not saying if you take out the defenses that's too too hard for me to figure at times with this league, um, just looking at from the super flex up to Mac Jones and Henneke up. I really, I like Mac Jones. If Mac Jones goes for less than 20, 
tonight's game, that's a huge victory for Dino. That's a big win for Dino because I'm thinking Mac Jones is going for 24, 27, something like that. If he gets 19 or less, if I'm Dino, I'm going, okay, this is a good start. This is a good start. Now he can still go for 30 and Dino can still win the game because Cooper, Lockett, and Brown. And with Gibson and Cook still being very strong weapons, that's why I'm saying I think Dino has easier. I might, if, if I did have 50 bucks, I might actually put it on Dino just in the fact of that, that, though, that reason. That's my reason, okay? Because I, I just don't trust Wilson. You, I mean, he, he could go for 30, right? He can't, it's just how bad it was last week. And it's not good for me either because I got DK Metcalf. My team goes as well as Wilson goes. And if Lockett goes off for Dino, then that means Metcalf didn't go off for me. So, you know, we're all in the same boat when it comes to Seattle with that. But that's one thing if Dino is going, hey, okay, let's say Wilson goes for 19, 20. Lockett could still go for 30 if he gets if he's the recipient of those touchdown passes and those yards. So that that's a big key right there. Okay, so with that huge game, it's 48 minutes in. Um yeah, it's already past midnight here, obviously. I could talk and keep going for the whole thing. I could even make this a two-hour show. Oh, man. Let me see if I can squeeze in one more matchup when we got a, few, a little bit of time. We will get to – definitely not them. They don't even listen to the podcast. Steven, Steve and Elijah I'll just ignore even tomorrow's show. I'm not going to get to me and Eric. That's a real big matchup. I think that if you look at it, that's the only other matchup to where the teams are close. You had uh, everything else is Christians in a much. We'll talk about Christian and, and Mario. We'll cover that game right now because if you look at Nick and and Jacob, Jacob's one forty one. Nick is one ninety two. So you, even on paper, and it's similar with with Matt because he's got Kelsey now. He's one seventy nine. Brian is one forty one. We'll cover those games tomorrow, just in the mere fact that we have to break it down and find out why they're such heavily favorites. You know, Brian's days of winning might be over for this season. Jacob, I'm still not going to say no. He still has talented players. I thought he was going to win last week. That would have been so great for the drama. Um, but that's kind of – that ship has sailed. Elijah against – well, just looking at it, Elijah against Steve. Steve's projected to get 167, 182 for Elijah. I think Elijah. Mm, I think Elijah will win, because even when Steve won last week, right? I don't know if he would have outscored Elijah. Yeah, I think he would have. Elijah had a bad week last week, so we'll see. It's all about Kyler Murray coming back for Eli. Anyways, let's get to the next game, our last game of the day. Actually, I'm glad I spent so much time on Dino and Austin's looking at the other games. There's no real other than Eric and myself, two other potential playoff teams. There's no great matchup. There's great teams throughout the league still playing. So I'll cover the other games still on tomorrow's show. But today, man, I mean, it, th that matchup deserved it. The quest for 13 totally deserved that, that much coverage. I think that's the longest we've ever talked about a matchup because it's exciting. They both have two of the best teams with depth, even with injuries. So let's get to this game. Mario, his dream team at one and nine. She's Louise. He's one twenty-five. He is actually favored. Now, Christian, right, has obviously not fixed his roster. He does this. Sometimes he waits till Saturday. Sometimes he waits till Sunday. He's got Sony Michelle. He will not be in. So just taking a guess, we're going to go Tua or Carr. Carr against the Bengals or Tua against the Jets. I don't know with the Jets. I think Tua is going to have a good game. I would feel safer with Carr against the Bengals, even though the Bengals' defense has played well at times. But 
Yeah. I mean, Carr, I think Carr's good for 20 at least. If the Bengals score, you might see a better shootout. While the Jets, if they go with, as they're projected to go with Flacco, the Dolphins will probably get the lead early. And then, you know, everything might be underneath. Either handoff or short the short passing game. We might not need to see Tua explode. Um, but I might say I feel like Carr could have a better game, but it's okay if you make it a push where they come out even. Slight edge to Mario. Drake and Freeman against Williams. I think CEH is coming back. I thought that last week, which is disappointing because Williams had 35 points. What an incredible game. Maybe they'll keep it. Maybe they'll say, you know what, CEH, you're about 70%. Give it another week. We got Williams. You know, we, we can go with him. He he can do it all, both pat, rushing and receiving. But Eckler is the best out of all these running backs over Drake, Freeman, all of them. I'm definitely going Christian's running backs this week. Receivers, Miko Hardman and Chenault. Let's, let me check Christian's fence. Well, we know he's not going with him. DeAndre Hopkins has to be back soon. He has to. Okay, I just, I just can't see him not coming back soon. I know maybe they'll rest him one more week. Maybe they'll say, hey, I don't think we'll need you at Seattle, which is bogus. You will need him against Seattle. But let me see about – let me read about him. He's still sidelined. He did not play. So disappointing. But one of the best players and most exciting players to watch this year, new players, was Jamar Chase. He will definitely be back. So let's say you give Austin, or I mean, I'm sorry, Christian, LaVisca Chenault, or even Hardman, one of them with Jamar Chase over Renfro and Edwards. I, I think Chase can outscore all three of them combined. I know Renfro doesn't mean he will. Chase might go for 13. He's done that. But I think against the Raiders, I think Chase goes for a good 20 to 25. And then Chenault only has to get 10. I like, I like Christian, and I really still think, I'm really hoping – that Hopkins plays. So if Hopkins and Chase plays, yeah, he's got this one right there with the receivers. Tight end, Zach Ertz. Gasecki, I'm going with Gasecki. Zach Ertz is not bad. You know, he's had some pretty good games. He had eight points last week. He had eight three weeks before that and 16 in his debut. I think he's solid, but Gasecki, I'm going to throw out last week. That was terrible, right? And then he had back-to-back nine-point games. But he, we know the potential he can have. We'll see with Tua, if Tua gets, goes to him, if Devontae Parker's back. If Parker's back, maybe – I think with – sometimes people go, oh, the guy – oh, no, Parker's coming back. That sucks. There goes targets for Waddle. There goes targets for for Kaseki, whatever you want to say. But it actually opens it up where the coverage – because I've noticed that. Not that I'm some G. I'm sure people, people more like Eric, Dino, Austin, Nick, you guys who coach, you know better than that than me. Um, but there are times where I've said – Oh, he's out. Good. That means Jerry Judy's going to get the ball more. And then, you know, Sutton's out last year, and Judy would have some, a couple big games, and there were games he didn't get the targets more because the top corner was on him. So when you see Devontae Parker gone, now the top corner's on Waddle. So the second corner might be assisting or the safety. Maybe they're double-teaming Gasecki. And it's like, dude, he had just been dominating the league as one of the best tight ends, and Parker goes out, and now you see his numbers drop. And Waddle has, still has a few good games, but nothing insane. So if Parker comes back, you know, they lost Will Fuller. If Fuller comes back, if he's able to, is Fuller even on the team anymore, man? Let me check that real quick. Waddle, Preston Williams, Albert Wilson. See, yeah, I don't even see any of them back yet. Let's see Will Fuller. No, he's on the IR. Unlikely to play week 11. You bum. And I had a guy in a dynasty league try to tell me, oh, man, he made this crazy trade. And it was like Will Fuller was one of the players. He, he traded like four first-round picks, two the next year and then two in the following year. 
and he he ended up getting back like I can't remember like maybe Amari Cooper and Will Fuller, but then he gave up another good player with the picks. And I was like, and I even said I was everyone was like, what what the hell is this deal? You know, this is this is nonsense. Why why would you make this deal? And he's like, oh, I know what I'm doing. And I, and I asked him, I said, okay, I get it. You wanted this the one player that he really wanted. it could have been like a Dalvin Cook or somebody or a Mar- I go, I get it. I go, what was with Will Fuller? I go, why did you throw? I go, that's just like a throw in. What a waste. Is that supposed to make the deal sweeter? Shouldn't you have kept an extra first round pick and not thrown in Will Fuller? And he's like, oh, dude, Will Fuller is going to light it up in Miami. He's just going to be the man. I'm like, well, they already have Jalen Waddell, who is younger and faster at this point in the career. And Fuller is Mr. You want to talk about Mr. Glass. He's Mr. IR. And the guy, again, he big, oh, dude, you know what you're talking about. He had, he's only been hurt a few times and this is a different situation and he's going to be playing for a contract. And, you know, you don't know, and it's, he, you just go off and it's like, dude, you let's just have a discussion about it because he was getting pissed. It's like, let's just, I'm just saying, you know, in there another way, why, what was your reasoning? And he didn't even have good, good reason. And I was like, dude, how, and the few other guys got into, they're like, why, why would you think he's not going to get hurt? What have you seen that would not believe you he's going to get hurt? And he's been hurt multiple times. I think he's got two stints in the IR this year. Eventually he, you are what you are. And if you're that much of your career, no matter what, whether you're, they're like, oh, he's going to be off steroids, so he's not going to be getting hurt. I mean, whatever excuse you have, why don't you just say, hey, I like the guy. You know, when when Fuller got hurt all those years, I always, or one year I didn't, um, but usually I always drafted him, knowing he could get hurt, but also knowing that if he doesn't, him and Deshaun Watson are a great chemistry together where they can go for like Lockett, right? Phil, Will Fuller is a perfect example when he's healthy of a boom bust where he can go for six or he can go for Heck, he had one game. I didn't he go for 63, something like that, a few years ago. I think Brian had him, or maybe even last year. He had a monster game. So it's like, I think Matt had him. But he was like, the first three weeks, he was nothing. And then Matt had him, and he went for like 63, whatever. And that's his, but that's how dangerous he could be. Just say you like, but to sit there and give some huge speech how he's never going to get hurt, the guy always gets hurt. So anyways, yeah, back to the, the thing. Um, yeah, I like um, Gusecki more than Zach Gertz. Sanders, Pasquale, I don't love either, but I do like Sanders. I do like Sanders more than Pasquale. Pasquale has a tough defense too, unless unless he's not getting the coverage, you know, because Pittman will take more. If T.Y. Hilton is back, I, I don't know what's up with him. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, like it, Pasquale might have a decent game because they're not going to focus on him, but I think Sanders could have a better game. And then who's Christian going to replace? Oh, probably Carter. That would be my guess, Michael Carter, who, man, He's he's come alive. 33 points, 16 points, 18 points last week. He's been a great pickup. I don't even know if – I think Christian left him on the bench last week, which I was puzzled. Christian, you run your roster. Maybe you forgot to check or got to – you. oh, duh. Well, you had Eckler and Williams, so I can see why you didn't do that. Maybe you wanted Sonny Michelle for the Monday Night Football game. I've done that where I'll play a guy who might not be as good, but just because you want to get some of that primetime action or or if you're losing by three or four or five – you got that last second guy who can play on Monday Night Football. So I get that. Um, I doubt, though, we don't see Michael Carter coming up this week. I'm pretty sure he will be. If it's Cook or Carter, I'm taking Carter. And then the defense will just leave away. I like both, you know, whatever. So going at it, yeah, I think Christian, even though right now, it shows Mario projected to outscore 125 to 115. After Christian adjusts his lineup, I think he's expected to get around 150. And I think Christian will win this game easily around 155. 160 to about 125 to 130. I think it'll be a big win for Christian. And I got to go. There's only about 15 seconds left. Have a great Thursday. Be safe. 
Thursday night football, here we go. I'm hoping for a shootout. Um, I need Matt Ryan to light it up. But you guys be safe today. I'll talk to you later. Peace.